Check. The, the book sheets that the, please be signed by all of them and to be filled out at the, towards the end of the rows to fill out as to our attendance from here. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for letting us be here today in your name and our grace and our love for you. And as we know what to celebrate from here and bring this youth to show these people of what a great youth we are and to show us of how good we can be to celebrate in your name. And for those of the families of the victims of the Colorado movie theater shooting, as we put our thoughts and prayers in those families, and as for all that we care for, in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. We're going to do a couple of praise songs this morning. Before we get started, though, uh, we've got a young man that's got a birthday. Uh, I believe his name's Matthew. So we'd like for you to join and sing with us, please. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Trading my sorrows.
Amen. Please be seated. important. I am a woman of no reputation, at least so far. You whisper as I walk by and cast judgmental glances, but you don't take time to look at me or get to know me. For to be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. And what's the point of doing either of them in the first place? I want to be known. I want someone to look at me in my face and see more than just two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and two ears. But to take time to look at me, all of me, all my hopes, loves, fears, dreams. But that's too much to hope for, too much to pray for. So I don't, not anymore. So I keep it to myself, and by that I mean the pain. The pain that has brought me midday to this well today. To ask for a drink is no big deal, but to ask for it of me, a woman unclean, ashamed, used and abused, outcast of failure and disappointment. But you, don't take, but you take time to look at me. And as I'm sure most of you condemn me now, but you don't. You are a man of no distinction, but of the utmost importance, a man of little reputation, at least so far. You whisper to me and tell me to my face what all those glances have been about. You take time to look at me, but you don't need to get to know me. Because to be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. And you know me. You actually know me. All of me, everything about me, every thought inside, every hair on the top of my head, every hurt stored up, every hope, every dread, all my past and all of my future. You know me and all that I am and all of I could be. And you tell me things that if spoken from another would certainly bring hate and condemnation. But from you, it brings love, mercy, grace, hope, and salvation. I've heard of one that is to come and save a wretch like me. And you stand here in my presence and say, I am he. And for to be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. And I just met you, but I love you, and I want to get to know you. This is, I, I must run back to town. This is way too much for me. There are others, brothers, sisters, lovers, haters. The good, the bad, the sinners, and the saints who need to see what you've shown me, to hear what you've told me, who need to taste how you, what you gave me and feel how you forgave me. For to be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. They all need it. We all do. We need it for our own. You find me. When I'm hiding behind all my disguises, you see me. It takes you to keep me breathing. You are heart, passion, vision. You send me and bring me close. Close, close, so close until when you look at me, you see you. You are heavenly, my present and future destiny. You are father, creator, sustainer, life changer, pride breaker. You are the same yesterday, now, and forever. You are pleasure, worth, 
reason, present in every season. You are worship, devotion. You are the reason for all my commotion. You are the one that I pray to. You can tell that I'm nothing without you. So awesome that I can even pray to you, about you, to know you, to sense you, to believe you more, to love you more, to obey you more, to give you more of my heart. Oh God, search me, know me, see me, examine me, test me, watch me, investigate me, question me, be pleased with me, have me, change me, sustain me, decrease me, decrease me. So there was no me left. Only you. Only you. Only you are light, our true, our you, our hope, our joy, our strength, our escape, rescue, safe. You are peace. You are belief. You are advance and retreat of what, to what, to whom can I compare you? You are my all things new. You are my place of refuge, my fortress, my rest, my creativity in the strength of your words to me. You are my ability to see, hear, feel, move, live, breathe, be. You are life and death all at the same time. You are friend, believer, savior, redeemer. You are the truth. You transcend old age and youth. You are timeless, priceless, lightness in darkness, greatness, goodness, sinless. And in a mess like my life, you see righteousness. In fact, you leave me speechless. You alone are God. I would like to invite all the children to come down for a children's moment. good deeds that I'm using to get into heaven. Is that so? Oh, yeah. I've got tons of good stuff in here. Like these. <laughs> and my name is Chuck Jones, by the way. And I'm going to walk across this tightrope across Niagara Falls. Who has faith that I have the courage me, to do this? Me. I know you can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you, Chuck Jones. Okay, thank you for all your excitement and support, but I'm going to need complete silence to focus.
thank you once again, but I'm going to do another thing. I'm going to push this wheelbarrow across the tightrope. Now, who has faith in me that I have the courage to do this? Thank you once again for your support and encouragement. But I'm going to need complete silence again. guys been such a good crowd. I gotta do one more thing. Yeah. I'm gonna fill this wheelbarrow with dirt and push it across. Who has faith I can do that? Beep, 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 beep. Wait, 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 wait. That's pretty boring. Dirt is really boring. Who was that one gentleman that was really pumped all about this? You, sir, come up. Please get my wheelbarrow. Now, who has a faith and believe that I have the courage to push him across this tightrope. What? Uh, what? Uh, no, no, no. Sir, I thought, you had, I thought you had faith in me. I, you said I had the courage to do all this. I can't believe it. You had so much, I thought you had so much faith. What seems to trouble you? Ask yourselves that. And what seems to plague all of you? And I know that everybody has one, but what is that one thing that keeps all of you separated from God? What's that one thing? What keeps you from standing firm and strong beside the God that you claim to believe in and love with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And what keeps you from getting in the wheelbarrow? God delights to meet the faith of one who looks up to him and says, Lord, you know that I cannot do this, but I believe that you can. I'm the birthday boy. <laughs> I'm sure most of you know me, but if not, my name's Matthew. For, vo- for those of you who do- don't know me, I'm normally a very happy person and easily excited. But now this is, for you who, this is for you who do and don't know me. I struggle from depression. It's an ongoing fight every day. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Some view it as an extreme illness, in which in in some cases it is. But others view it as something stupid that you can easily overcome and don't need medication. In which some cases, or in which in most cases, this is false. My depression came from mostly six years of torment and bullying, kindergarten through fifth grade. Some other reasons would be that I lost two people very dear to me, both within a year. One to cancer, one to overdose. But with depression, you have to cope. And instead of praying, reading the Bible, 
and talking to people about it, I mostly bottled it up, which was the worst thing to do. I tried to find happiness in other people's joy, which I love making people smile and laugh. I, on a rare occasion, would tell somebody how I truly felt. But mostly, what I did to cope, I cut my own arms and burned the top of my hands. Some will understand this, some will not. That's perfectly fine. The reason I constantly harmed myself is because I felt alone. I felt like no one loved me. But after a while, two or three people proved me wrong. Their names were Nathaniel, Sarah, and Alexis. Me and Nathaniel talked about it sometimes, and that helped. But sometimes he seemed like he had a lot of problems of his own, and I was just another burden adding on to that. So I tried to keep as much from him as I could. Sarah cared a lot one night. In fact, one night she stayed up on the phone with me until about 3 a.m. to ensure my own safety. For a while, she did things like that, and it was amazing. But after a few months, I started an argument from paranoia and anxiety. That lasted, this argument lasted over a month and ended with her saying not to talk to her until I figured out some stuff. Alexis was a good helper, too. She helped me feel special and kept me safe. But jealousy of others made her mad at me. And after bickering and arguing for about a month, she said she never really cared about me. Losing or dropping these three people hit me hard. I thought the only person that loved me was God, so I wanted to meet him. In other words, I was suicidal. I immensely wanted to die. I had several ways of killing myself, and eventually I wrote a suicide note. This note landed me in, at Deaconess Cross Point, a mental hospital in Evansville. And there, the very first day, I broke down in tears in the bathroom where nobody could see me. That's where I realized it. God did love me, but he wanted me to but he wanted me here on earth, and in that gave me unbelievable faith, and with faith came hope. I prayed for help, and I got it. The day I was in the mental hospital from February 22nd to the 29th. On the 29th, it was a Wednesday. That Wednesday, the one and only thing I was thinking about was going to youth. I wanted to see my friends. I wanted to be at church. I wanted to be in God's house. I truly 100% believe that if it wasn't for that one moment, I wouldn't be here telling you this today. This is my testimony. Sometimes all you need is love, and with God you can conquer anything. bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for this wonderful new day and all these people here at this church, especially Matthew, because, you know, that was really good testimony. And uh, just thank you for all your love and support that you give to us, God. And that since I know we all sin and we don't deserve that love, but thank you anyways. So, 
Please bless these tithes and offerings. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Jesus came down in a flesh to be born of a virgin. She carried this baby Jesus, and as they walked on this earth, he walked and talked his ministries. And as he set up his ministries, he healed the lame, made the legs to walk, and he opened the eyes of the blind to see. Free to be reminded. I was once lost, but Jesus reminded me and found me and redeemed me. Come all those who are weary, and he will give you rest. Oh God, I pray for my brother Kirk. I take these chains that are on him and I release him. Take these bonded thoughts. Your word tells us that you take our sins as far as the east is from the west. And Lord, I pray that he rises and will be a new creature.
pray that you help Kurt. Help Kurt to see your grace, your mercy, your love, your forgiveness. Help him to be released from these chains put upon him. Guide him toward a life lived for you. God, you are mighty and can do amazing things. Please let him know of your presence inside him. Satan is trying to destroy this poor child. Please don't let that happen. I pray that you help raise Kurt from this low and give him the power to overcome. Flood him with your everlasting goodness. Can you hear me? Okay. As a youth parent, I'm sorry, as a parent of a youth, Julie has asked me to give a testimonial regarding why and how I came to Community Baptist. Roughly six years ago, I was faced with some very devastating information regarding my marriage that would alter my daughters and my life drastically. This news was emotionally taxing and caused me to be hospitalized after becoming extremely ill with pneumonia. While admitted to Methodist Hospital, I knew my emotional and spiritual health was weak and at its lowest. With no family members to lean on or talk to other than Heather, who was only nine at the time, I asked to speak with the hospital chaplain. Per my request, the chaplain paid me a visit and introduced herself to me as Mary Rye. At this time, I was not aware of who she was and her connection with Community Baptist. As everyone here may know, Mary is a wonderful individual who is a great listener. She allowed me to unload my problems and in return gave me encouragement to trust in God, and he would guide me in my path to healing. After a week in the hospital, I was released to to return home to complete the healing process. Shortly thereafter, Halloween was upon us, and and despite my illness, I wanted Heather to fully enjoy the holiday. With trick-or-treating downtown, we were given a small slip of paper inviting us to Community Baptist for an evening of fun. After some cajoling, I convinced Heather to forego trick-or-treating so that, I could have, so that she could have a great time indoors and out of the weather, more for my benefit than hers. So we made our way to the church. This was to be our first time walking through the doors at Community Baptist. We enjoyed chilly and welcoming, and welcoming, a welcoming time that Heather, excuse me, where Heather won an award for the most creative costume. Heather has a unique talent for being creative. That year, she insisted on making her own costume, creating a robot out of a brown, box, a brown cardboard box. Since 2006, we have made the Harvest Fest a part of our Halloween tradition. Following that Halloween, I was still dealing with troublesome questions that needed answering but was still struggling to find the answers. Soon after that first experience with Community Baptist, I woke up one Sunday morning and felt the need and desire to attend church. Not affiliated with any church, I chose to visit Community Baptist. To my surprise, a familiar face was preaching that Sunday morning, Mary Rye. As I sat listening to Mary's sermon, I felt like I was where God wanted me to be. I hadn't attended church in over seven years, and yet I woke that morning with a strong urge to to go. I found myself sitting in a Baptist church when I was raised Catholic. And here I was listening to a wonderful individual who was not the regular preacher, and yet at that moment I felt that every word that she spoke 
was meant for, specifically for my ears. God was speaking to me more, in more ways than one. So many, so many uncertainties I had been, were being an, unanswered. Sorry, so many uncertainties were being answered, not in specific words, but through messages. And I just needed to listen and have faith. Over the following weeks and months, as my life and marriage was slowly healing, the members of Community Baptist reached out to my family with open arms. I found comfort and solace here. In addition, Heather enjoyed, the, enjoyed coming to Community Baptist. And over the next few years, she had become quite content with her routine here. Cindy Hall, among many other adults, made children's Bible studies and church so fun that she didn't want to stop attending church, children's church. It took much encouragement from Cindy Larry Haltom and I to get Heather to realize that going into fifth grade, she was now too old for children's church. You may or may not know this, but Heather struggles with comprehension, communication, and transitions due to part of autism. At this time in her life, she was comfortable with the routine and the people who had become a part of that routine. Change terrified her. Typically, children phase out of children's church after second grade, but Heather had long surpassed that. Everyone is accepting of Heather and that she was content where she was, but Cindy instinctively knew Heather needed gentle encouragement to step outside of that comfort zone. But people like Larry Haltom, Cindy Hall, Mary Dunham, and Kim Knight invested in guiding our young children. I also felt right at home with children's, in the children's ministries. How could I not with such wonderful people? Everyone here at Community Baptist also welcomed Gracie without reservation. As Gracie grew from infancy to toddler, Heather also grew from child into teenager. No longer a child, Heather wasn't sure where she fit in. That's where Julie stepped in. One day, as Cindy and I were talking about gently easing Heather out of the child mentality, Julie heard us mention her age and grade level, realizing she was at that stage that she should be joining the youth group. I knew of Julie, but I didn't know her and how she would work with Heather. This was and always has been my biggest concern. For over 12 years, had always been directly, I had always been directly involved with Heather's activities. In Girl Scouts, I was either the leader or parent volunteer. In softball, I was her, her coach. In soccer and basketball, I was a parent volunteer, and as well as involved with children's ministries here at Community Baptist. How was I going to ensure Heather's acceptance and securities within this youth group? Teenagers. This was a group of big kids, not children. I think at this point I was more scared than Heather. How was I going to prepare Julie for what was to come? All the teenagers I saw around her were outgoing, talkative, and well-acquainted. Nothing like my Heather. And yet, Julie went out of her way to get to know Heather and set me at ease. Heather would be safe. She took Heather under her wing and at that same time, and in no actual words, told me to back off and let Heather be a teenager without a helicopter mom. How was I going to do this? And yet, I had no choice. I was deeply involved in my studies at USI, and Eddie was in Texas serving our country. I had no time to be the involved helicopter mom. This was probably the best thing for me and Heather, and God knew that we were in great hands. I just had to have faith. Faith. It was, the hard, it was hard for me, especially that first youth trip to Panama City. Julie stepped in and said to me, Mom, she'll be fine. We will take care of her. Then another year came and went along with another trip to Florida without me. My trust and faith was slowly but assuredly building. Finally this year, Julie and circumstances allowed me to go along as a chaperone. I no longer was the helicopter mom, and Heather was her own person. 
growing with love and guidance by everyone here at Community Baptist. This year, my eyes were opened even more by the very teenagers that so frightened me just two years ago. Observing these amazing young adults during the trip to Panama City, I was amazed at how compassionate and intuitive each of them is. Their love for each other and God is beyond words. One particular youth, Matthew, who is strong enough to stand before his peers and give an emotional testimony during worship that touched me so profoundly that it made me realize that if he could do this, I could too. Upon our return, I knew in my heart that God has been with me all this time, whispering, encouraging, and gently prompting me to have faith. In having faith, my marriage has withstood many challenges. My love for Gracie, my stepdaughter, developed without question and has supported me through the years as I nurtured and guided Heather in becoming the fabulous fabulous daughter that she is. Through the actions and love that everyone here at Community Baptist has shown me and my family, I feel that I'm truly at home. Community Baptist is a place that I want to minister and share the love of God with others. Thank you. What is love again? Without love, every word is wasted. Without love, the future does not matter. Without love, faith is academic. Without love, feeding the poor doesn't pay. Without love, great sacrifice is great foolishness. Without love, marriage is negotiation. And without love, parenting is childcare. Without love, work is just merely work. And without love, time is only money. Without love, fear remains. Without love, God is not. Without love, I will serve myself with all my heart, soul, and mind. What is love again? God is love. Get saved, because then you won't. And I got saved and kept on doing. So then where am I supposed to go? Because apparently Jesus doesn't work for me. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll work through this. But I'm not letting you go in the meantime. Oh, we'll get there. I'll finish it. I started it. I'll be faithful to finish. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep pressing in. Keep confessing. But don't give up. I'll heal you. Let you go. There is no one who can condemn you. I don't. And if I don't, no one can. Who will even bring a charge against you? Your mind. What court could they possibly charge you in? Everything's mine. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us, oh, 
that God in eternity looked upon me, foreseeing my fallenness, my pride, my sin, and said, I want that man in my family. I'll do anything to get him in my family. I will pay for him to be in my family with my son's life. That's love, folks. That is mega, off-the-charts love. Love's like a hurricane, I am a tree, building me, the weight of this wind and the When all of a sudden, I am unaware, it's afflictions eclipsed by Today, I would like to talk about how prayer helps. Many people have given sermons on prayer. Us, when we pray, those that we pray for, and God. Just praying helps us. Just as going on to church makes us feel better, prayer for forgiveness has the same effect. It is the time, the same of shaving or bathing. Prayer has a cleansing effect. It rides our soul and consents our things we need to get rid of. Prayer also helps us when we pray for strength, for ourselves. I believe all prayers are answered. It is not always the answer that we want, but God listens and provides an answer. The answer might be, hang in there. 
or I'm right there with you. But as an answer, when Jesus prayed in the garden, when he was when he went to the cross, he asked God to burden him from the possible. But if not, then it was God's will. He prayed for himself then his disciples and then all believers. This prayer to his father certainly helped us endure to his torture and death. It was important to Jesus to pray and it is important to us to pray even when we all pray for is for ourselves. Prayer also helps us when we have prayers for each other. During our youth lock-in this year on May 30th, we were having time up in our church youth room and we were having our prayer discussion and then suddenly there was this 13-year-old girl that was friends with one of the other youth members. Her name was Bailey. And then during that time, she was having a seizure. A seizure in that time. And we were all scared and worried about it. We didn't know what to do. So suddenly, one of the parents, had, one of the moms had to call her. I mean, one of the youth people had to call her mom to let her know what happened. Then suddenly, when I made my move as the youth group leader, I, I asked for a suggestion that we pray for her. So in that time, we did. We took hands. We prayed to put our guiding hand on Bailey. And then she cured from her seizure and remained with us for the rest of the night. Rachel Hobson is an example of the power in prayer. Around the February of 2006, she was suffering with encephalitis, and she had to go from four different hospitals in four different towns and places. So as of that time, there was articles in the newspaper all about her, and, our, and her softball team happened to be hitting for Hobson with her jersey number on the back of their helmets. And, and we all said together that me and my mom prayed every night for her as put your healing hand on her, and she slipped into a coma for a very long time. And then she woke up from the coma, began being like herself again. And then just being her own self, playing sports, talking to guys, being with her friends. Yeah. And, and being with her family, remembering what it was like in her childhood. And it was all together in that way. Rachel's recovery shows us all the power of prayer. Those of you who don't know, that may have happened in December of 2011 last year, a boy named Shelby Heiser, a sophomore football player for Henderson County High School, is the reason of the many of subject prayers. His entire life was in front of him, but until that time in December, he was in a real bad car wreck that suffered a C4 fracture in his neck to cause him to be paralyzed from the neck down. Through our Facebook connection, Many people have learned about Shelley's problems and have prayed for him. Yeah, there is a prayer for about him every day on the Henderson County Football webpage on Facebook. There is even, uh, even prayers through an article in a newspaper. They even eventually made up shirts that say, Fight hard and pray harder with his jersey number and his last name on the back. Almost everyone end up wearing shirts like that all over the community. 
and all through Shelby Heise's friends. And then as again that time came, he began to sit up, began to move parts of his body, began riding in his wheelchair, and was sent back home. He may never be better than he is now, but our prayer is for strength for him to endure and for his family as well. The Bible has many examples of God's people praying for others. And as this one is most important, things we can do. Our prayers are good for God. As God's children, it is important that we show our love to Him. Mother's Day and Father's Day are the busiest times of the year. For the telephone, it is because we love our parents. And then we know they want to hear to our voice. The same is the truth for God. Every day, we should be God's day. And He should hear from us. Even there is no danger in distressful time. Sometimes we can all call our family or friends just to check or say hello. We owe God the same. Just as kindness and toward our parents warms their hearts. Our reminder to God that as He is our God, our Father, is to please Him. Finally, prayer comes in all types. Sometimes we recite familiar prayers like the Lord's Prayer for our familiar benediction. It isn't any less meaningful because it is script. Some prayers are in song. Sometimes we pray out loud and sometimes we pray silently. Sometimes our prayers aren't are as just simple as thanking God for our food. Whether they are long or short, formal or informal, for us or others, our prayer are important to us, to others, and to God. So if I have inserted a prayer time today, it is good for everyone. of prayer our youth really enjoys the song give us clean hands and this is our prayer to god we pray that god gives us clean hands gives us pure hearts we pray that he helps us to be that generation that seeks that seeks his face he is the god of jacob please sing with us
Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as you thank you for us to bringing us here today, as we leave this place in peace and to know your name about what this great youth group has done for us and of what we've done for you and what this great performance that we brought to to show your love and name from your heavenly name of, of Jesus Christ. And as we still thank you, for letting us be here and for guiding us along the way and to showing our good heart together. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen.